Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Now, of course, there is still time for Trump to change his mind and show up on Thursday. He has, after all, threatened to boycott debates before. Would he be able to do that and still save face? Boy, he's going to have to come up with a very clever maneuver to make it not look like a shameless flip-flop. Um, I suppose there's still negotiations going on that could, could change his mind. It's hard to see how he would couch it in a way that it didn't look like a sign of weakness. Uh, but the question is, does he have to couch it in any way because his supporters are going to stick with him no matter what? And he could stay. He could go. They're just going to say Trump did it. That makes it good. That's the national story. How does it look on the ground in Iowa? Steve Hayes of the liberal Fox News Network and, <laughs> and the Weekly Standard is uh, with us. Steve, you're on the ground in Iowa. How are locals reacting to the Trump v. Megan uh, brouhaha? Well, you know, I'm sure as with every everywhere, it's it's probably something of a mix. I mean, I think the hardcore Trump supporters aren't at all bothered by the fact that he's going to bail on this debate tonight. But certainly some of the people that I spoke to uh, were troubled by this. I went to uh, a Marco Rubio rally last night, pre-debate rally last night, to observe and to, to, to conduct some interviews, talk to voters, talk to caucus goers. And the first person I talked to, uh, I walked up to him, and he uh, volunteered that he had been a Trump supporter and said that the skipping of the debate was the last straw for him. Said, you know, sort of, I, I like the guy. I like that he's a businessman. I think we need a CEO. It's time to shake up the political establishment. But, you know, this is sort of the latest in a long string of things that have made me uncomfortable, and this one is too much. So this guy who didn't think he would be candidate shopping a week ago uh, came to this Rubio rally to see if, uh, if Rubio was going to be his candidate. And, you know, uh, Steve Hayes with the Weekly Standard, there's a lot of uh, question about Iowa's position in the nominating process already, given how you know few of the Republican winners of the Iowa caucuses go on to be even relevant in the race later on. Do they do, do the Republicans you talk to there on the ground in Iowa feel that pressure like they need to, yes. quote, get it yes. right? Very much so. They're very conscious. of They're protective of their of their status and they're very conscious of it. And they also take this pretty seriously. I mean, it's become a cliche. You talk to political reporters and they say, you know, Iowa and New Hampshire uh, voters and caucus goers take their their uh, status very seriously and they, they pay close attention. And look, that's not true of everybody here, obviously. I mean, turnout here is, is likely to be 120 to 150,000. That's a small fraction of the number of eligible adults, uh, adult voters. But at the same time, they do take the time to learn uh, the, the candidates, to learn the issues, to ask tough questions. They show up at these events. And I do think that, that they believe it's something of a slap in the face when a candidate decides that he's just not going to be part of the process for a reason that, I mean, who knows what the real reason is, but the ostensible reason that he's uh, upset about questions that Megyn Kelly asked him five months ago uh doesn't make a lot of sense. Are you hearing from Iowa supporters that they feel like that either Trump has been treated unfairly by Fox News? Do Iowa Republicans really think Fox is liberal or you know part of the evil Washington establishment? Do they do they really think that? Well, certainly not the ones that I've spoken to. Um, again, you know, I've, I've spoken to some people around town and, and some people at this Rubio rally, so I want to be real careful and, and acknowledge that sort of a self-selected group, particularly at the at the Rubio rally. Um, but no, I don't think anybody really thinks that Trump has been treated unfairly. Look, I think there there's something bigger and different going on here, and I don't know what it is, but 
it's just hard for me to believe that Donald Trump all of a sudden, after five months, decided that he was going to be upset about a question that Megyn Kelly put to him in the first Fox debate. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense on its, on its face. So the idea that that's what precipitated this latest uh, skirmish and Trump's decision to, to withdraw from the debate, I just think that doesn't make a lot of sense. I think there are probably other issues at play. I don't know if he was nervous about taking tough questions in the days immediately before the Iowa caucus, thinking that he's sort of pulled away here. He does have a, a lead. Nine of the ten uh, previous polls taken in Iowa show him with a lead. Maybe he thought he could, could coast and didn't want to do something in the debate and risk a, a bad debate performance that would jeopardize that lead. Uh, maybe there are other issues at play that we don't even know about yet. But uh, it's hard for me to take on face value that he was upset about a five-month-old question from Megyn Kelly. Well, here we are still debating hours before the debate whether or not Trump will – or speculating whether or not Trump will show up. I still think he shows up. I think he walks out on stage at the because they're having a pre-event rally. So there will be a packed house an hour before the event. And he walks out and he asks the people there, what do you think? Should I go over and do this debate? And I th- and they are, ah, go get him, Trump. And then he leaves and he shows up at 859 and he owns the night. And the only thing people are talking about the next day is, holy crap, Trump showed up. Maybe. I, I mean, that could be. Uh, I'm skeptical. I think he ends up skipping. Um, we'll see. Uh, he seems to have boxed, and boxed himself into a corner with some of the statements that he's made about you know, his campaign manager said he never, never, his word is his bond. He never changes his mind. <laughs> he said, repeatedly said stuff like this. Wait, which let's just stop. Come on, Steve. Let's stop right there. There is but, no such thing as a box for Donald Trump. Donald Trump does well, not do boxes. Well, that, that may be the case. I, I think on the surface, this may, all, all of this attention may be sort of a typical Trump move. And Lord knows it's worked for him in the past, right? I mean, he's, exactly. he has been able to manipulate the media and, and win these news cycles. They've accrued to his advantage. It's helped him lead to the polls. But I do wonder if we're getting to the point where people say this is enough. I mean, we're picking a president here. This is exactly what this, this voter, uh, Brian Moon, said to me last night. He said, we're picking a president here. I, I, I like the idea of a CEO. I want a tough guy. I'm sick of Obama. I want to repeal the executive orders. I want to go after ISIS. But we're picking a president here. We're not. This is not a contest to see who can get the most attention. Donald Trump is off tweeting about Fox News and ratings. And his opinion of Megyn Kelly. Meanwhile, ISIS is on the march. Iran is getting a nuke. Russia right. is taking over countries. The entitlement crisis isn't getting any worse. The nation's debt is, is escalating rapidly. Tax, the tax code is a mess. Obamacare isn't working. I mean, there are serious issues facing the country. And Donald Trump is off worrying about Fox and ratings. I mean, this is ridiculous yeah there's a great quote from roger ailes from 2011 i think it was when he said to trump and he, he said in an i talked to trump and i told him come on donald we're at country we're at war with every gd country in the middle east and you're whining about this stuff come on exactly. and that's kind of strange uh one last question for you the uh the argument from trump supporters and i think they have a point is why not vote for trump now, the Weekly Standard has sold this bill of goods and these other candidates. And what do they do when they get, and I'm just picking the Weekly Standard because it's us, but they mean it about everybody. You know, Weekly Standard, National Review, whoever. You know, they sell us a bill of goods, and what do we get? We get guys who do exactly what they want to anyway. There's no more likelihood you're going to get a conservative by voting for Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio than you are by voting for Donald Trump. So why not stick a finger in the eye of the left 
and have fun doing it and feel good about it and roll the dice with Donald Trump because all of these sellouts are a crapshoot anyway? Well, I mean, look, there are, there are a number of ways to respond to that. One, I, I think voting for Donald Trump, supporting Donald Trump is, is like when you're really mad at a friend or you've just watched your sports team collapse in the NFC Championship uh, like I did last year with the <laughs> Packers. And you, you walk down the hall and you punch a hole in the wall. Right. Well, the wall's still there. You might have broken your hand. You felt good for a nanosecond. Mm-hmm. And now you've got all these problems. I mean, the problems didn't get any better because you had this sort of fit of rage. I feel like that's a little bit of of what's going on here, which is not to say I don't understand the frustration. I do understand the frustration. I mean, there's no question that, you know, as as I wrote in the Weekly Standard editorial this week, the establishment bears a ton of blame for this. The establishment has made promises repeatedly that they would – work against the president, that they would repeal Obamacare, that they would take every step to to rein in President Obama, and they haven't done it, and they chose not to do it at very important points. So I think the critique of the establishment and and the kind of frustration that's driving a lot of uh, supporters to Donald Trump is understandable to a certain extent. Uh, I also think that it's people are right to be skeptical that a conventional politician will do the kinds of things necessary to turn it around. On the other hand, we haven't had a Republican president, a real conservative. If you talk about Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio sitting uh, down Pennsylvania Avenue with a Senate that's a Republican Senate and a House that's a Republican House, with Democrats that are looking at tough elections in 2018, potentially some of them, uh, you've, you've got a recipe for some serious reform. And I think both Cruz and Rubio in particular, I would add, Chris Christie, have talked about the kinds of issues that the country's facing, the, the crisis, really, that the country's facing in a way that suggests they understand the urgency of the moment. And I, I guess that would be the, the main reason for choosing one of these other candidates, even if you're skeptical of them over somebody like a Donald Trump who, who may break it all but doesn't has shown no indication or willingness or ability uh, to pick up the pieces when he's done. Uh, by the way, I just want to clarify, I misspoke. The uh, Roger Ailes comment was uh, just a couple months ago over the Megyn Kelly fight. And that's what he was asking Trump about. Why are you yelling about this in a fight with Megyn Kelly? Look at the where the world is. And the other thing I would say is another reason to think about voting, about your vote strategically. I don't know if you saw the numbers, Steve. Fifty percent of Republicans in one poll said if Trump is the nominee, I don't vote. Fifty percent. I believe it. I I, certainly believe it. Talking to to a wide variety of of people, including non-establishment, anti-establishment types who are incredibly frustrated, mm -hmm. people who won't vote for Trump. I won't vote for Donald Trump. I won't vote vote for Donald Trump in a a general election. I will never. I, I, I publicly pledged it. I've signed the nuts to Trump pledge. I don't think you've signed that one yet, Steve. Will you pledge to write in D's nuts if Donald Trump is Republican nominee? I won't, I won't sign in D's, <laughs> write in D's nuts, but I won't vote for Trump either. Uh, well, I've signed that pledge. But this is, you know, Jay Cost at the Weekly Standard made a great point uh, several months ago. The establishment has to find a way to embrace the Tea Party and vice versa because you can't win without both the, you know, both uh, elements on the field. You just can't win. Yeah. And uh, the Trump overall people are just as bad as the establishment you know, give us our guy or else people. Uh, Steve Hayes, thanks so much for your time from Iowa. We appreciate it.
You bet. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.